Good morning, friend. It is six o'clock in the morning here in Nebraska on the river. We're having all kinds of fun stuff. And, um, you know, I was just thinking about what can I bring you today? We've had a good week on the podcast, um, having more downloads than ever. So the show's growing and I've been thinking about you. You know, I always try to focus the content that I create on what's going to be the most helpful to you. So while I'm having a cup of coffee this morning, I was just thinking, what could I do that would serve you in a different way today? Why don't you just sit down and have a cup of coffee with me or if you're working out, you know, get on the treadmill and plug it in and listen to me or if you're driving to work, you know, what could I bring you today that would be the most helpful? And it just dawned on me, like hit me like a ton of bricks. I've, since 2014, I have been writing and podcasting and blogging and writing books about how to find hope in your darkest moments in life, how to process and handle grief, how to climb up out of the furnace of suffering, how to find light and hope again when the world seems so dark, and how to find happiness. And now, now I finally realize it, that the most important thing is is not to have is how to fight hopelessness, right? It's how to replace hopelessness with hope, how to turn mourning into dancing. The most important thing is to learn how to be infinitely happier. But it dawned on me, though, that there's a group of listeners out there, and you might be one of them, who might actually want something different than that. You know, I'm always talking about neuroscience and happiness and mind thought control and changing your mind and changing your life and all that. And then I just thought, wow, wait a minute, Lee. Some listener out there might actually want you to teach them how not to be happy. Like you, you might actually be out there going, gosh, Lee, when are, you've been talking about happiness. When are you going to teach me how to be miserable? When are you going to help me learn how to be super miserable? I'm, I'm tired of you talking about happiness. I'm ready for you to tell me how not to be happy. So I thought today, friend, just as a, as a change of pace a little bit, a little curveball, I thought I would share the 10 very best ways to guarantee that you will feel miserable in your life. And, and, you know, there's probably thousands of ways to feel miserable and unhappy, but I just thought, you know, as a, as a writer, as a, as a brain surgeon, I'm smart enough to figure out the 10 very best ways that somebody could grab onto and practice that would guarantee that they would be unhappy. So today, we're going to learn how not to be happy. We're going to learn how to be miserable. We're going to shake up the theme music a little bit. Tommy Walker shared his song, Get Up With Me. So I thought, you know what? If you want to get up out of your happiness, and that's not what that song is about, but if you want to just get up into misery, you're going to have to learn how not to be happy, and we're going to cover that today. The top 10 ways to be miserable, and we're going to start today. Hey, I'm glad to have you listening today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I live in Nebraska in the United States of America with my incredible and talented wife, Lisa, who's also a professional chef, and the super pups, Harvey and Lewis, who have been bringing an incredible array of dead things into the house for us to enjoy lately. I'm a neurosurgeon and an author, and I'm here to help you harness neuroscience, the power of your brain, faith, the power of your spirit, and good old common sense to help you lead a healthier, better, happier life. Listen, you can't change your life until you change your mind. And I'm here to help you learn the art of self-brain surgery. To get that done, you can get the show notes and more on my website at w1md.com. If you'd like the show, please share it with your friends. We're closing in on 20,000 downloads a month. And if you share it with your friends, you'll help us to reach that goal and go farther and farther and farther with this how to have a happier life through the power of self brain surgery podcast i'm dr lee warren i'm here to help you change your mind so you can change your life today we're focusing on how to be super miserable so let's get after it okay friend you may have figured out by now i am 
just played you the intro to an episode from way back in season two. That was season two, episode 30, 10 Ways to Be Super Miserable. I'm going to give you that today. It is actually December 8th. I'm sitting here, snow outside, the most incredible, almost full moon last night. Mars is at its most visible point visible point in a long time mars was showing off last night just an incredible beautiful evening and morning and so it's even though it's snowing it's so bright outside you could read a newspaper in the yard if you wanted to go outside and freeze to death but i just wanted to interrupt the old episode just to tell you i want to remind you okay we're in the middle of dry december and i probably didn't talk about it in this episode about 10 ways to be super miserable but when i did that tongue-in-cheek episode i wanted to just point out that there are things that we keep doing that hurt us, and we do them over and over, and we wonder why nothing's ever changing. So, as we're doing this dry December, this concept that we did, we did new start November, new thing November, where God says in Isaiah forty three, "Hey, forget about the past. Okay, you can't change it. You can't have it again. It's different. It's gone. There's no old beaches. You got to grab on. I'm doing something new, and I'm going to bring streams in the wasteland. I'm going to make a way where there is no way." So, friend, if you're stuck, if you're tired, and you're wondering why does it always feel the same, then one way to make sure that you stay miserable is to refuse to let go of the thing that are making you miserable. It's time to change, okay? So we're going to get after it. I'm going to go ahead and give you this whole episode, but I just wanted to jump in, remind you that I'm still here, and I'm bringing you back this episode for a reason. I gave you the 10 ways to be super happy the other day, uh, back on December 1st, and I'm going to just book in that with this 10 ways to be super miserable because those two episodes I've always loved that go together really well. But I just want to remind you, this focus on December, so trying something up that's been hurting you, throwing off something that's been hindering you, casting aside things that have been slowing you down, accepting Jesus is lighter and more easy yoke that's custom fit for you that'll be easier. Okay? You got a great cloud of witnesses. You got people all over the world in this podcast community. You've got people who love you and you've got people who have gone on before you who are pulling for you. And there's and we're all saying, do it this time. Breakthrough. This is the month. This is the time. It's time to cast aside. It's time to get ready for 2023 so you can finally step into the light again. And break through that massive thing that's been holding you back. It's time to get after it. Now, I'm going to let Lisa go ahead and give us the regular intro. And we're going to get after 10 ways to be super miserable. And tomorrow we're going to have a great Friday conversation for you. I just want to remind you, you can't change your life until you change your mind. And the good news is, you can start today. At the end of this episode, I'm going to play Tommy Walker's song, Get Up, because it's time to get up out of whatever's been holding us back and get after it for 2023. I love you, friend. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Hey, are you ready to change your life? If the answer is yes, there's only one rule. You have to change your mind first. And my friend, there's a place where the neuroscience of how your mind works smashes together with faith and everything starts to make sense. That place is called self-brain surgery. You can learn it and it will help you become healthier, feel better, and be happier. And the good news is you can start today. Thanks, Lisa. Hey, so glad to have you listening today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I live in Nebraska in the United States of America with my incredible wife, Lisa, my father-in-law, Tata, and the super pups, Harvey and Lewis. I'm a neurosurgeon and an author, and I'm here to help you harness neuroscience, the power of your brain, faith, the power of your spirit, and good old common sense to help you lead a healthier, better, happier life. Listen, friend, you can't change your life until you change your mind, and I'm here to help you learn the art of self-brain surgery to get it done. If you like the show, 
please subscribe so you never miss an episode and tell your friends about it. If you tell two or three friends this podcast was helpful to you, imagine how much good we can all do around the world together. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I'm here to help you change your mind so you can change your life. Let's get after it. Okay. Now, obviously, a little tongue-in-cheek here today, right? Because I don't want you to be miserable. But if you're one of those people who just wants to be miserable, then I should provide content for you too. So here we go. Here's the the top 10 ways to be super miserable in your life. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on any of these. I'm just going to throw them out there and let you think about some things. And then um, I'll I'll spend maybe 60 seconds or so on each one until the last one, number 10, um, we're going to spend a little bit more time on. But but the the top way that you can, the the, the number one way that you can become more miserable is complain more. If you just complain more and gripe more, you'll be more miserable. This is a loss of power issue. If you complain, you're making yourself believe that change is up to somebody else or something else. In neuroscience, there's a, a phrase, synapses that fire together, wire together. In other words, your brain remodels itself to make it more efficient to think the things that you tell it to think about. So when you when you act and think negatively, when you focus on the negative and gripe about things and complain about things, you make your overall brain chemistry more negative and you create synapses that make it more efficient and easier for your brain to automatically think negative thoughts. You're operating on the five side of the five to one rule. Remember I told you before, it takes five positive things to create one, to overcome one negative thing in your brain brain. And the flip side of that is negative things, negative thoughts, negative emotions and feelings are five times more powerful at creating synapses than positive things are. So repeated negative thoughts create negative synapses and it makes it automatically more negative for you to think. It it makes it more likely that you will automatically think more negatively in the future. So if you want to be miserable, complain more. Number two, if you really want to be miserable, compare yourself to other people. One of the best ways in life to guarantee that you'll be miserable is to get on social media and look at the happy lives and the perfect bodies and the beautiful faces and the flawless, blemishless skin of everybody on Instagram, and you will feel less um, happy. You'll feel less successful. You'll say, gosh, that guy's got it all together. What you don't see, though, usually with social media, is that that um, supercar that the guy's posing in front of was rented for that shot. The big, massive mansion that your friend lives in now, they are actually mortgaged up to the hilt and they're in danger of foreclosure because they can't afford it. And they think it's so important to project wealth that they're buying stuff they can't afford. And those people with the five perfect kids and and the beautiful face and and the beautiful you know massive husband who's chiseled and all that they actually have a lousy marriage and they're unhappy and miserable and their kids are wrecks and and they're not well behaved and all of that the, the fact is what you see on social media and what you see that other people project is never the actual truth. You know, comparing yourself to other people will only make you make false assumptions about their happiness and success and overly negative statements and internal beliefs about your own life. So if you want to be unhappy and super miserable, just compare yourself to other people more because you'll never be able to find a target that you can actually hit without then moving on to another target that's harder to hit. So just compare yourself to other people, you're guaranteed to feel less happy. Number three, if you focus on listening to your thoughts, 
then you will guarantee yourself that you'll become less happy because your thoughts are automatically wired to be negative. And you know this to be true. Your, your baseline thought is fortune-telling in the negative. You wake up in the morning and you'll think, oh my goodness, I overslept a little bit. I don't have time to work out. I'm going to be behind all day. I'm going to be late to work. I'm going to be yelled at by the boss. You know, I'm not going to get a good parking place. You just you can fortune-tell down that negative path because it started with an automatic negative thought that you latched onto and listened to. Now, happy people learn how to talk to their thoughts instead of listening to them. Happy people say, oh yeah, I overslept by 15 minutes and now I'm only going to get a 15 minute workout on the treadmill instead of a 30 minute workout and I'll still be on time to work and I'll grab a cup of coffee and I'll I'll eat in the car. I'm a little bit behind, but I'm going to make up for it by being smarter and I'm going to have a great day. You can talk to your thoughts instead of listening to them if you want to be happy. But since we're focusing on how not to be happy today, just remember this. You should listen to every thought that pops into your head and take action on it if you want to be miserable. So if you're looking to have an unhappy life, listen to your thoughts instead of talking to them. Number four, if you really want to be miserable, believe in the depths of your soul that this one thing happening or this one person coming into my life or this finally my wife is going to change this behavior or this one event is going to make me so happy. If you believe that in the depth of your soul that some circumstance or some other person can make you happy, then you will be miserable. Here's an example. When you write a book, you say, gosh, if I could only write a book, I'd be so happy. And then you finally write the book and you say, oh man, if I can only find an agent then I can really be happy because I don't have a chance of being published. And you, and you finally find an agent who likes your work and signs you and you're happy. But then you're like, oh wow, I wonder if a publisher is going to buy the book. And you're not sure and you're, and you're worried and you're stressed. And finally the, the agent calls and says, hey, you know, Penguin Random House bought your manuscript. You're going to be a published author. And you jump for joy. So great. Oh, that's so amazing. And then you say, wow, I wonder if anybody's going to buy my book. And then the release day comes and you're so worried. And But hey, it jumps out to a great start. And becomes a number one new release on Amazon. You're so excited. And then you say, wow, I wonder if it's going to make a bestseller list. And then Sunday comes and the New York Times comes out and, hey, wow, you made the New York Times bestseller list. And you're so excited. And your very next thought is, I wonder if it's going to get to number one. And then next week, oh, wow, it gets to number one. And you're so happy. And the next morning you wake up and you say, I wonder how many weeks it's going to stay on number one. I wonder if it's going to win any awards. I wonder if they're going to buy my second manuscript. I wonder if I'm going to be a one-hit wonder. You see what I'm going? You see where I'm going? If you if you believe that you have to accomplish a certain thing, the problem is as soon as you accomplish it, something else becomes the new target. If you're if you think that getting into the NFL will make you happy, then it'll be how long can I stay in the NFL? If you if you're a running back and you make it to the NFL, it'll be well, can I get a thousand yards? And if you get a 1,000 yards, it'll be, well, was I the number one running back that year? Did I score the most touchdowns? Did I have the least fumbles? If, if you make it to be the MVP, it'll be, wow, how many years in a row can I do that? Will I make the Pro Bowl? Will I make the Hall of Fame? Do you see what I'm, where I'm going? If you want to be happy, you have to find some way to be happy with things that don't change, with, with eternal things, with things that are not tied to events or circumstances or other people's behavior. But if you want to be miserable, just tie your hopes and your dreams to something that you can't really control. And then you will guarantee that you'll never actually be happy. And number five, if you really want to be miserable, think about yourself more. Instead of th- saying, how can I make my wife happier today? What can I do today to serve my wife and, and give her some joy and some honor? If, if you think that way, you're going to serve, you're going to think of yourself less. 
and you're going to serve other people and you're going to end up being happier because the Bible says um, when they came to Jesus and they said, hey, what are the, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Now, we take that verse and oftentimes we, we focus on loving God and loving our neighbor and we don't realize that he's saying that, that the implication here is that we're also supposed, to, also supposed to love ourselves, right? But the problem is we either don't love ourselves at all and we think less of ourselves or we overvalue ourselves and put ourselves first. And both of those are good ways to be miserable. But the truth is, if you want to be happy, you don't need to think less of yourself. I mean, after all, God made you in his image. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. He has plans for you, plans to give you a hope and a future and to prosper you and not to harm you and all those things. You shouldn't think less of yourself. Jesus died for you. He laid down his life for you. You're pretty darn special. So don't think less about yourself. Just think about yourself less if you want to be happy. So if you want to be miserable, don't think less about yourself. Think more about yourself. And don't think about yourself less. Think about yourself more. Put yourself first and you'll be more miserable. Number six, operate out of your limbic system and not out of your frontal lobes. What does that mean? Your limbic system, your amygdala, the emotional parts of your brain are wired to fight or flight. This is how you stay out of trouble. When you hear a loud noise, you run away and the bear doesn't eat you, right, if you're a caveman. But the problem is if you're in Nebraska in 2021 and you're inside your home and you hear a loud noise and your limbic system says, oh my goodness, there's probably a grizzly bear in the next room. I need to get out of here. Your frontal lobe needs to step in and say, calm down, amygdala. There's not a grizzly bear in the house, you know, unless I'm Joe Exotic or something. There's not an, a tiger or a grizzly bear under the bed. It's not a catastrophe about to happen. Something just, you know, the, the hot water heater made a noise. That's all. Just relax and go figure it out. That's what your frontal lobe does. Your frontal lobe comes in with executive function and calms things down, and you can act rationally and respond to what's happening instead of reacting to what's happening. So in a in a battle, for example... If you were in a big fight for your life, you wouldn't just throw your shield down and throw your spear down and run away, but that's what your limbic system would tell you to do. Your, your limbic system would say, yeah, I need to get out of here, but your frontal lobe will say, I can press this fight, I can press forward into the fight and I'll win, right? Now, the other thing the limbic system does sometimes is you build up pressure emotional pressure you build up all these fears and thoughts and worries and you need to vent them in some way you need to blow them out in some way so sometimes we blow up on other people for example for with god for example something bad happens in our lives and we just really let god have it we god i hate you why did you do this you can't possibly love me or i can't believe in a god who would let something like that happen but the problem is god's actually According to Psalm 28, 7, the Lord is my strength and my shield. In him my heart trusts and I am helped. God is your shield. God is the protector from those things that happen in your life. And so in a battle, you wouldn't throw your shield down and stomp on it and cuss it out and yell at it for being a terrible shield. And then all of a sudden you're starting to get hit by the arrows, right? You would use your shield to protect you. And the same thing is true with the people closest to us in our lives. Sometimes... The people who would be good shields for us to help us fight off the hard parts of life, we actually blow up on them. We vent on them. We, we, we take our fears and worries and strive out on them, and that leaves them confused and strained and stressed. Instead of being able to protect us, we throw the shield down and run away, and, and that's the opposite of what we want to do if we want to be happy. So if you want to be miserable, 
Let your limbic system be in control. Fight or flight and hear and assume every loud noise is a grizzly bear and assume everything that happens is going to be a catastrophe and you'll be less happy. Don't attack your own shield if you want to be happy. Don't live in your limbic system because limbic is lousy and frontal is fine. Your frontal lobe is the way to find happiness by responding and not reacting to the stress of life. So if you want to be miserable, friend, listen to your limbic system. And also, if you want to be offended, if you want to be miserable, number seven, be easily offended. Um, so if you really, really want to be miserable, do not read John Bevere's book, The Bait of Satan. That book will give you a huge overview of the trap of being easily offended and some amazing life-altering tools of how not to live your life being offended by everything. And the society that we're in right now is a great example of everybody's looking for all the different things that can be offensive. And you see there's no end to that. There's no solution to how miserable you can be if you're easily offended. And the Bible has a lot to say about this. Ecclesiastes seven twenty one and 22. Do not take to heart all the things that people say, lest you hear your servant cursing you. Your heart knows that many times you yourself have cursed others. So th- this verse is saying, hey, people talk about their bosses. People say bad things about their spouses sometimes. People gripe and complain. And if you're easily offended by that, if you, if you just are the person who, if somebody says a negative word about you, you're just wrecked. You need to remember that you've probably done the same thing, and that's just what people do. So don't take all that to heart if you want to be happy. But if you want to be miserable, then care a lot about what other people say about you and be easily offended by them. Proverbs 19.11 says, Good sense makes one slow to anger, and it is his glory to overlook an offense. So if you want to be miserable, don't have good sense and be easily angered. Be easily offended. Don't overlook offenses or you'll maybe end up happy. So if you don't want to be happy, then be easily offended. James 1.19 says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Those are three keys to happiness. So if you're looking to not be happy, then delete James 1.19 from your life and be slow to hear, quick to speak, and quick to anger, and you'll be less happy. Proverbs twelve sixteen says, The vexation of a fool is known at once, but the prudent ignores an insult. He's saying basically it's foolish, and only fools jump at and be offended by every little thing that happens. Smart people, wise people, learn how to ignore insults and just move on with their day. So if you want to be miserable, let everything offend you. And number eight, if you want to be miserable, 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 be less grateful. Ann Voskamp tweeted one time, No amount of regret changes the past. No amount of anxiety changes the future. But any amount of grateful joy changes the present. So if you want to be happier, find something to be thankful for and joyful about when you're going through something hard. So yeah, oh wow, I got the bad biopsy. But... The doctor said he thinks he can cure it with surgery. So I'm going to focus on that. I'm going to be grateful that I have a good doctor and a good team. You know, yeah, my wife did X, my husband did Y, but they've done a thousand good things. And I'm going to focus on that. I'm going to, I'm going to try to really hard to work through this hard time in my marriage and be grateful for what we have. Right? That's why Ephesians five nineteen and 20 says, Address one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of Jesus. He says, when should you be thankful? Always. What should you be thankful for? Everything. So if you want to be happy, then be thankful and be grateful and be 
have filled with gratitude and always find something to give thanks for when you're even going through a hard thing. But if you want to be miserable, find something to complain and gripe and grouse about and do not ever be thankful because thankfulness leads to happiness and ingratitude leads to misery. So if you're looking for misery, be less grateful. Gratitude increases positive neurotransmitters in your brain. It relieves pain, it lifts your mood, and in your worst moments, you can actually force yourself to think of some things you're grateful for, and you're flipping that equation, and you're working on the one side of the five-to-one rule, and it takes five or 10 or 15 or 20 times of reminding yourself to be grateful for something to start making new synapses that will then push, push your brain towards automatic positivity instead of automatic negativity. So if you want to be miserable, do not work on having a spirit of gratitude because a spirit of gratitude will lead you to be happier. And if your goal is to not be happier, then focus on ingratitude. Number nine, if you want to be miserable, try to feel at home in the world. Try to make yourself believe that this life is what you're here for, that this is all there is. Now think about this little thought experiment for a second. Imagine two groups of people and we take them into the finest hotel in the world. My friend Hans Van, our friend Hans Van der Ryden is a hotelier. And when he builds a hotel, it's amazing. He's, the detail is right. I mean, the guy gets it right. You go into the rooms and there's every little thing is just exactly right. So imagine being taken to a beautiful hotel that Hans has prepared. And it's amazing, beautiful and perfect. And you have two groups of people there. And the only rule is you can't leave the hotel until the hotelier says it's time to leave. So you have to stay there. But one group thinks it's a hotel, but the other group is told that it's a prison. And so if you, if you think it's a hotel and you have to stay there for a long time, before long, and it's human nature, you'll start to notice things that you don't like. I'm, I'm tired of the menu. Uh, you know, the, oh, when are they going to change up the menu around here? I've had everything they've got to offer. I'm sick of the filet mignon. I don't want any more pancakes. I'm, you know, I'm done with the breakfast buffet. When are they going to change it up? I'm, I'm tired of the menu at the bar. The cocktail menu is miserable. I'm tired of it. Um, I don't like the way they fold these towels. The sheets are a little bit scratchy. You know, why does room service take so long? You'll start focusing on those things that you don't like about it. But if you think it's a prison, you'll be like, man, this is, you know, as prisons go, this is pretty nice. I, th- I thought I was going to have to make license plates, but instead I get to go to the spa every day. And, you know, I, I thought I was going to have to be in solitary confinement, but I get to, you know, go to the gym. There's other people down there, and I can hang out in the in the restaurant and get to know some other people. And You know, it's not so bad. I, I, I like the, the garden they've got outside. And, you know, as prisons go, this is pretty good. So if you've got a mindset that this world is a hotel and everything is supposed to be catered to you and room service is always supposed to be available and you're supposed to have your experience handled by a super hospitality expert like Hans and every little thing is supposed to go your way, then life's not going to turn out to be so great for you because guess what? Hard things happen. They run out of stuff. The menu doesn't change because the menu of life is that every few days or months or years, something difficult is going to happen, right? Something hard is going to occur. But if you have this understanding that you're not here for this life, that you you have a better life, a better place, a better future coming, then you'll say, you know what? Life is pretty beautiful. Yeah, there's hard things, but man, look at that sunrise. Man, look at that. Look at that bald eagle over there. Look, look at this amazing woman that's decided to spend her life with me. Look, look at this guy that has 
has decided to be my husband. Maybe life's not so bad after all. It's just a prison. Yeah, we can't leave until it's time and we're gonna our bodies are gonna get weaker and we're gonna die someday. But boy, we guys have a bright future. This is not our home. We're not built for this place. So yeah, earth can be sort of a, a prison in a sense, but boy, it's not so bad here. As prisons go, as lives go, this one's pretty good, right? It's a mindset. So if you feel at home in the world and you think this is where you're supposed to be, you're going to be pretty miserable. And so if you're focusing on ways not to be happy, then don't get an eternal mindset because having an eternal mindset will help you sustain positivity and happiness through the hardships of life because you'll think you're not supposed to be here in the, you're not supposed to be here forever in the first place. This is not your home. You're just visiting. And as prisons go, it's not so bad. There's beautiful things here too. So if you want to be miserable, just try to live in this life and think this is all there is to it and you'll be less happy. And the last one, number 10, we're going to spend a little bit more time here. If you really want to be unhappy, if you really want to be miserable, then spend less time in the Bible. Less is more if you want to be miserable because the Bible, the Word, is life. It's living water. It's the bread you need to stop being so hungry. It's the water you need to stop being so thirsty. When life leaves you dry and hungry and the things that you're pursuing and chasing in life aren't doing it for you, the Word of God will give you what you're looking for. And without it, you're alone in a war with no weapons and no defense and no words to comfort you. And as the Psalms say, how happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked or stand in the pathway with sinners or sit in the company of mockers. Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction and he meditates it on it day and night. Psalm 1, 1 and 2. There is happiness to be found in avoiding one word, the word the world says. Everything's bad. You, this is all there is. You better grab life by the horns and get all you can get or you're never going to be okay. That's what the world says. The Bible says, how happy are you when you don't listen to that word? How happy are you when you stand with me, when you listen to me, when you read from me, when you meditate on me, when you listen to my word and my instruction, you'll be happier. It goes on to say in verse 3, that person is like a tree planted beside flowing streams that bear its fruit in the season and whose leaf does not wither, whatever that person does, prospers. Now that is untouchability. That's the happy-making, happifying thing that we talked about a couple episodes back in season 2, episode 27. What's macaroni have to do with anything? Go check that one out if you haven't listened to it. If you want to be miserable, keep tasting and seeing what the world has for you and see how long it satisfies you. Don't spend time doing something that God promises you will always fill you, always steady you, always guide you, always encourage you, always make you stronger and more able to handle the storms of life. There is a beautifully written, very encouraging article on boundless.org. I'll put a link in the show notes. It's a focus on the family publication by a woman named Courtney Resig. I'd never heard of her until I read this article this morning, but this is a great article. and I'm going to put a link in the show notes and you should read it. The article says, uh, Courtney, one of the things she says is the primary means that God has given us for growing in our faith, for getting unstuck is his word. Sometimes all you need is to take the first step. Like the psalmist, remind yourself that there is a life to be had if you simply walk in the words of God rather than the world. You will grow like a tree. It might be slow, but it will be unavoidable. And she makes a great point about the book of Psalms. Psalms 1 starts with 
Here's how you be happy. You're happy if you get in my word. And then it goes on to show us all the different problems that people can have in their lives and how they keep turning to God for comfort and they keep turning to God for help even while life proves to be hard. The tree whose leaf does not wither, the untouchable person, the unshakable person is the person who spends time and grows roots in the word. You see, friend... Happiness does not come from avoiding the storm. You can't avoid the storm. Happiness comes from being untouchable in spite of the storm. That's why Paul, who was shipwrecked and flogged and imprisoned, could write something in Philippians 4, 7 like, the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Paul's saying you can go through hard things if you're unshakable, if you're happified, if you've got the the word inside you. Or, Or David, who lost two sons, he murdered somebody to steal their wife and was punished by God, whose own kids tried to overthrow his kingdom, that guy, David, could look at his life in Psalm 16, 6 and say, the boundary lines for me have fallen in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. David said, my life's not so bad. God's kind of laid it out in a pretty good way for me. Even in the Passion Translation, Psalm 16, 6 says it this way, your pleasant path leads me to pleasant places. I'm overwhelmed by the privileges that come from following you. So David, in this tough life, he's gone through really hard things. He's done bad things. He's been punished. He's lost kids. His kids turn on, his other kids turn on him. His, you know, his child, his son dies. Another one of his sons dies later. He's had a rough life. And still he's able to say, your boundary line, you've laid out a pretty good life for me. It's pleasant. You know, there's hard things, but it's not so bad here. It's, it's good because I have you. Because you've given me hope. That's what David says. So my question for you is, why would you want any of that if you want to be miserable? If you want to be miserable, spend less time in the Bible, right? Spend less time in the Word because that's where happiness comes from. Now, I've given you 10 perfectly good ways to be miserable today. But the best way is that if you're already unhappy and dissatisfied, this is a bonus, number 11. If you're already unhappy and dissatisfied and uncomfortable in your own skin, just do nothing. Just stay the same. If you keep doing what you've been doing, you'll keep getting what you've been getting. It's easy peasy to stay miserable. But as my wise and lovely Lisa said back in the Pressed But Not Depressed Season 2, Episode 25 episode, if you want to feel better, do better. So let me leave you with a different idea. If you want to be happy, start in the Word. Start in Psalm 1, just read Psalm 1, and then come back tomorrow, and I'm going to give you another list, the anti-miserable top 10. I'm going to give you the top 10 ways to be infinitely happier, hopefully release that tomorrow on Sunday. So if you want to be miserable, I've given you 10 perfectly good ways to do it. It's just easy. Follow my 10 ways, stay the same, don't change, and you'll feel worse starting today. But I suspect that you actually want to feel better instead. So I'll just leave you with the idea that if you want to feel better, start in the Word, go to Psalm 1, read it today, and tomorrow I'll give you 10 ways to be infinitely happier. But if you want to be miserable, just do nothing and start today. I just want to encourage somebody today. If you know that God has been good to you, you ought to put a smile on your face. God is telling somebody right now, get up. Get up out of that situation. Listen. Get up. Pick up the man and walk. Ooh, get up. 
what we're talking about. So I need you to sing this little part with me. Say, get up, get up, get up. You can get up. Rise up, rise up, rise up. You can rise up. Now sing along with us. Get up, get up, get up. You can get up. A little bit louder, please. Rise up, rise up, rise up. You can rise up. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the show so you 